Uh, I was in the middle of a meeting uh, chatting about, I think, paid acquisition or something when it was like someone at the window kind of like uh, waving at me and then another person on my phone like started getting a message. Um, and uh, next thing you know, I was like, uh, the paid acquisition guy was like, I don't know what's going on, but I'm, uh, I'll, I'll come back later. <laughs> and our exec teams kind of all showed up, um, more or less, three or four of them saying, you need to go to Slack. There's like, things are heating up and if you don't have a quick answer, then, um, you know, it's gonna not be great. Collis Tayed, Invato's co-founder and CEO. At this point, at the very least, Collis just lost his weekend because of what's happening on a Slack channel. You might remember how in mid-2017, an internal memo by a Google software engineer titled Google's Ideological Echo Chamber was published in Gizmodo. The response rippled out into tech companies across the world and Envato's diversity Slack channel was not immune, as we'll find out. We take our values really seriously and if you want to work at a place which actually tries to live by its values, then Envato's about as good as it gets. Hi, I'm Courtney Carthy and welcome to Scale Up from Launch Vic the show looking into just some of Victoria's global technology companies that are scaling to incredible sizes right here in the state. LaunchVic is leading the development of a globally connected startup ecosystem by supporting startups and investors here in Victoria. It's also developed great resources for people at all levels of involvement. Check out launchvic.org. That's launchvic.org. Have a look on your phone while you're listening to this episode. They're not just a plaque on the wall that you know you happen to see if you walk past reception. They're things that are incorporated into our day-to-day lives. Staff I've spoken with at Envato reference the values and their appreciation for them very quickly when I sit down to chat. I came to see the seven values like playing cards that could be used in meetings to great effect because of the influence they have, not only in a thematic way, but very practically too. No levels of the company or business decision is immune from their scrutiny should someone question if whatever is going on does not adhere to the values. They're very non-tokenistic values, which is great. And people actually do use them. Like, they're not just like synergy or like, you know, determination, woo, like, do your best. Like, they they have stories behind them. Joe Miller, people partner at Envato there. Corporate values, you may have noticed, sometimes inspire plenty of eye rolls among staff. However, in Envato's case, examples are readily available of how day-to-day choices are governed by them. Kate McInnes is a content specialist and like many people at Envato, she works remotely. At the moment, from Warburton in Victoria, it's a beautiful spot outside Melbourne that would be a diabolical daily commute to the city if you had to do it. Kate's been with Envato for over nine years and has seen the values put to good use in many ways. When we have the company values, it's not so much like a surface level thing where it's like we believe in doing the right thing and, you know, do no wrong. It, it really is... Um, Many people discussed them at great length as we were developing them. And now sometimes when difficult conversations happen, you might get 
a staff member just drop a value like, you know, when the community succeeds, we succeed. Seriously, are you sure you want to keep going down this path? And everybody will sort of stop and really reevaluate what we're doing and then be like, you know what, you're right. Okay, let's see how we can mould this decision into something that still is for the community and is for us. Even the founders, even if it goes against what they might have initially wanted, will say, yeah, this is the values and I live by the values too. I can't change the values to get a certain outcome. This is the values and this is in Bartos. Other values include focus on results, tell it like it is, fair go, not just the bottom line, diverse and inclusive, and the right people, the right environment. Another person working remotely, this time from Canberra, is Marianne Cosgrove, a developer, and she remembers when US sanctions got in the way of the fair go value. I love that um, Envato is a strongly values-driven company because I'm a strongly values-driven person. I love how Collis and his family have grown this company in a way that's aligned with those values and how they communicate them with people in the office and how they actually use the company values to make day-to-day decisions. When Envato set up another office in the United States, we had various legal obligations that came to the company because of that. One of the things that I had to work on at the time was banning authors who were from sanctioned countries um, such as Iran and Afghanistan, those places that have been sanctioned by the US. I was really upset at having to do that because I felt it went against the company value of a fair go for all. And so I spoke to Collis about it. Not every company you can get to speak to the CEO um, when something troubles you, but Collis has always been available for us and um, he listens when we ask him things. And I spoke to him about how needing to do that work, I felt conflicted with the company values. And he not only answered my questions directly to me, he also took my question seriously enough to have a an all-hands meeting where he explained that the board had agonised long and hard over this decision and they did feel that it was against the fair go value, but unfortunately the legal obligation of the company was there and they had to abide by that law. One project much more in Envato's control was a suggestion that the authors or creators of products in the marketplaces could advertise in search results, just like Google does, and making a whole lot of cash at the same time. Authors who could afford it and saw value in the new paid spots on Envato's website would be more likely to sell more of their digital products, while others would likely be pushed down to the free results. A lucrative new revenue stream, but it went nowhere. It shut it down on the sense that I felt like, well, it kind of benefits a few authors with a lot of money, not really the community, and doesn't really benefit customers because you're showing customers the thing that was there because it came from the company or the, the person who was willing to pay, not necessarily the thing that we as platform operator thought was actually the best um, thing for that search result. So yeah, I shut it down. I often use it as an example. I think for whatever reason, people identify more with um, when, when values hit up against money 
um, as a, a, a real test. There's something about money that is a, a, a I think just a deep test of um, people. And so um, it's a handy example because I think that in, in some places, um, uh, values are the things you're expected to do until money's on the line. And I always felt that uh, at Envoto, I'd like to be values of something we do even when money's on the line. And that, um, that may, I used to tell people in inductions, just so you know, we may become this like awesome business case on why you shouldn't run a company that way. So maybe it's super uncommercial, I don't know, but I'd rather be that business case than the one that uh, succeeded, um, but just kind of like trampled uh, their their ethics or their, or their, maybe not ethics, I'm not trying to insinuate that other companies are unethical, but uh, just didn't stay true to the things they said were important. Like you either say they're important and then act as though they're important or you don't, just don't say it, it's fine. Then a memo is leaked from Google and published by Gizmodo titled Google's Ideological Echo Chamber, soon after known as the Google Memo. Call us again. There was this this memo which, which I was saying, poor Google, like Google didn't write it. Some, somebody who worked at Google is kind of known colloquially as the Google menu, uh, Memo. It's a guy at uh, Google who had some ideas about the way that um, things work and uh, that was like some you know it's a long rambling memo that has some things which maybe are valid and some things which aren't and uh, to some extent that's maybe the worst of all the things because if something if you write something which is blatantly wrong all the way through then everyone can just dismiss it and if you write something that is like laced with stuff that seem true or half truths or things that have implications that you kind of can associate those things are much harder anyhow so this memo came out and um, there were uh, uh, and it, it more or less focused on, on um, uh, whether men and women are equipped maybe the same to be engineers or like that kind of like uh, end of things. Now, I don't know if diversity is an important value and uh, diversity, um, you know, includes listening to like being open to different voices in the company and um, valuing uh, different ways of thinking and all kinds of aspects of diversity, not just like, oh, do we have gender diversity or do we have racial diversity or what have you. Anywho, this memo came out and uh, we had a Slack, or we have still to this day, a Slack channel called Diversity Inclusion where people chat about things and someone brought it up and another person threw some some uh, like opinions in, in the mix. And, um, you know, with any, any organization with hundreds of people, there's going to be different people who have different ideas about life and about how things work. And um, we, we had a, a couple of comments that started to dig one person into a bit of a corner, I think, like, or a hole, I don't know what the phrase is. Kind of backed himself into a bit of a corner and it got a little, uh, um, like, not great. My name is Matthew Cox. I've been here for almost five years. Matthew, he's a content manager at Tuts Plus in Vato's education platform. Uh, so I, my entire team is remote, except for me. I am sort of the, the, the conduit between them and the office. So working with, with those folks over there. So I manage uh, an amazing team of people, some of whom are Envato's oldest employees and have been here for almost uh, 10, 11 years, which is pretty wild. Diversity and, and inclusion has always been like a, a very, very, very strong um, part of the business. You know, we, we, it's, it's a value that I think a lot of people here believe in very, very, very strongly and, and advocate for. So there was a channel that was whipped up, a Slack channel that was basically talking about, okay, well, we have this diversity inclusion value. What are the ways in which, uh, you know, we see that value kind of manifesting itself into policy or like hiring practices or, or training? So for example, things like unconscious bias training or like, you know, 
is it like asking kind of difficult questions like is is it right to reverse discriminate when you're hiring and so this slack channel was intended to be the place for to kind of for a lot of employees who 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 felt strongly about diversity and inclusion to to kind of vocalize their, their their views and to kind of yeah just sort of talk about what um you know how we should actually make this a rubber meets the road reality for the business um, and I think diversity and inclusion is one of those things that is, by its very nature, like a very an issue that, that sparks a lot of passion within people. And so there were some people who I think, you know, I think there were some people in the business who, when the Google memo came out, basically that entire channel exploded with a bunch of different views, like and, and on all different sides of the spectrum, right? And so things really, really, really heated up in there. That's when Collis is interrupted by a handful of Invato executives. More or less, three or four of them saying, you need to go to Slack. There's like, things are heating up and if you don't have a quick answer, then, um, you know, it's going to not be great. And it was effectively a couple of opinions just kind of in like, I don't even want to say supporting the memo because like it was like supporting bits of it and... Uh, I think that to some extent a little bit of it was misunderstood or said poorly, but the result was that uh, broadly a whole other part of Invoda was like, what the hell, you know, is it okay for someone to agree with these things which I think are contradictory to our values? Cyan again. Collis worked on his all-hands speech so hard and he went over and over and over it again and I remember listening to it and crying because I was just one really sad that we were where we were and how distressed everyone was and also just taken by how passionately Collis believed it. Monday comes around and it's an all-hands meeting in Nashville, the big room on the ground floor of Invato's head office on King Street that fits a 100 or so seats in it and hundreds more are watching from around the world through video conferencing. Hello. Hope you all had a good weekend. Uh, I asked Cyan how the party went on Friday night. She said after she gave the speech, she was made to dance. Uh, I was like, wow, I think I really dodged a bullet asking you to do that. I'm pretty sure I would have died. I spent my Friday night uh, and most of the weekend reading the Diversity Inclusion Channel. Um, back back to, to like uh, April. Collis is at the lectern with some notes. By his own admission, he's not the most comfortable public speaker. What I might do is start with one of my favourite quotes, uh, which is actually, uh, it's one that I sent to Cliff and Giancarlo when the uh, LGBTI, uh, the, the Out and Voto group started. And it's a quote from Martin Luther King, who said that the arc of the moral universe is long, but it bends towards justice. And I think about it because I think that social change or uh, change in the world is a long game. Like, it's a thing that's going to take a while. At one point, he even he banged the lectern because he was so passionate about what he was saying. I remember I just had these tears rolling down my face going, wow, this has gotten really intense. But it was a really key, pivotal moment in the organisation. Up till then, we'd spoken about diversity and we you know we won awards for diversity and all sorts of things like that but we'd never like really been challenged as an organization and there'd never been a reason for Collis to get up there and speak about his beliefs with such kind of 
passion and certainty. I think that making or entertaining an argument uh, that women might be less good at or less suitable for a profession uh, opens the door or creates a space for prejudice and preconception. And there is to be no space for prejudice at Envato. There is no space for prejudice in Envato. So speaking as the CEO, uh, on behalf of the founders, the directors, the executive, really this entire company, uh, here at Envato, we believe that people of all races, religions, sexes, orientation, backgrounds can do any job at Envato and can do it well. There have been some like morally bankrupt things that have been done in human history onto the guise of statements to the contrary of this. And I think, sorry, I think it's really critical that we put forward how important this is and that you take this not just as part of like some Envato value, but as a fundamental tenant, a fundamental truth, a universal truth. That under no circumstances should there be debate about this here at Envato. It's just not a conversation I wish to ever see. It was just one of those really powerful moments. I think the whole, after he sort of said that, the whole room just erupted and it was just, it was just wonderful. And it was kind of one of those, it just really showed the values of what it was like to work at Envato. Yes, my name is Paul. I am the UX and design manager here at Envato. So manage a team of about, I think we're at 16 designers now. I'm in Rosebud at the moment, but I normally, I'm normally in the office. And I've definitely relayed that story a few times because it really, made me feel good about working at a place that values everyone the same. This stuff is really hard. This diversity inclusion stuff is really hard. If it wasn't, all the companies around the world would have already like done it. Talking about these important discourses in society is very hard. Talking about sensitive things that people have strongly held beliefs on is hard. Otherwise, a lot of other things in society would be better. Just because it's hard doesn't mean it's not worthwhile. It may be tricky, it may be fraught, it may be prone to misunderstandings, but it is very worthwhile. It seemed to be a well-received all hands over all. I was like, it was terrifying for me. This is like an experience that I look back at and I'm like, oh, that was a difficult time. Um, and certainly in the in the all hands, not, not meaning to, I don't really especially enjoy showing emotion maybe because i'm like part english but i i um got teary at one point which um i was like super embarrassed about but afterwards i think uh oddly enough maybe because i am not an emotional person i think uh helps people to understand this was something i cared deeply about that's it thank you and in that moment i think everyone in the company just felt this overwhelming sense of pride because it was like a, a person in a leadership position Matthew Cox again. Um, in, in a very public-facing role, actually taking a stand and not trying to walk the razor's edge between, you know, between one view and another. It, it was him clearly making a genuine statement that was directly from the heart and connected with him and, and basically spoke to the core of why that value was in place and what it meant for our organisation. And he basically said, and if you disagree with this policy, then leave. That, that this is not the place for you. That's a huge thing for a, for a CEO to say. But I think, like, but we've gone through that process, and I think that ever now, like, you know, we still have debates about what diversity and inclusion means in terms of the way in which the, the, that policy should manifest itself within the organisation and, and how we and how we we act upon that. But I genuinely think that, like, everyone now has a much stronger view about like where we all stand and where the business stands on that. And I think people are prouder to be here as a result of it.
He's Cyan, then Collis. There's no point being a little isolated bubble where everybody totally agrees on everything. There needs to be space and understanding and unity in order for in order for people who maybe aren't as far along on that journey to question, contest, ask in a way that, you know, in a way that is kind of inclusive and, and inoffensive and for them to be able to get an honest answer. So that's, I think, what we're always going for in terms of the culture at Envato. Now, that sort of um, standard was not met on that day. I think that anytime you start a company as founder, you are kind of patient zero where your culture is like a little virus that infects each new person, for better or worse. And each new person then like adds their own like little mutation to it, so to speak, so that by the time you have, um, you know, 500 odd people, uh, the culture has grown with people. It's like evolved over that time, but uh, it's quite possible to trace lots of aspects of it, good and bad, to be clear, back to the founding team, the founders, and their own personal beliefs and values. Um, so for me and uh, Sayan and uh, my brother Vahid, and even to some extent my best friend Jun, who's not a Baha'i, but um, like has hung out with us so much that I think, you know, it's like honorary. <laughs> honorary that's right. <laughs> we'll accept him, even if he hasn't yet quite figured it out himself. But I think that our beliefs and values are quite aligned. Um, and I, like, you know, we have Advoto values, um, and those values, to my mind, they are rooted in things that are uh, broad-based values. So we have a value, tell it like it is, which in my mind is really truthfulness, which I think is a, a value and virtue that would be present in any belief system almost, certainly any um, uh, one that has a religious orientation or most, like, I think philosophies and we have another one which is about when the community succeeds we succeed which is to me is about community service um, and another about uh, having a fair go which for me is justice. It is fair to say that Invoto has um, aspects of my faith uh, woven in even if they are not ones that we would explicitly call out and you know I think for uh, someone else they'd come in and go yeah well hey I'm from a background as a Buddhist and to me justice and truthfulness they resonate in my own way and I would expect and certainly with every new person who joins in Vodo, we put them through induction I come and speak to them for a couple of hours and talk a lot about values and uh, my expectation that they all will help us develop in our values. You know, like in anything, we're not awesome. We're not as good as I wish we were. There are things we should be working on. And uh, its I don't think it's ever a case with values or with anything cultural where you're like, great, that's finished now or done. Check that box. It's more like a thing you're consistently uh, working on and a trajectory you're trying to build. So when I think about our values or our culture, then I think it's a trajectory. So we just have to keep improving it little by little um, with every passing year that it, it improves in, in different ways. Today, I look back at this, this time and think, well, look, I think broadly it was good for Envato because I think that it was... Um, any time of uh, challenge to values um, is an opportunity. Like any difficult thing is an opportunity, right? To to, um, to demonstrate that they aren't just things we say. I want to say I look back positively and I'm sure glad it was three years ago and not today because <laughs> it was like a traumatic experience and, you know, one that probably left its mark on the organization, but I think broadly for the better. 
In just a moment, a little of what's up next episode. Scale Up is brought to you by LaunchVic, Victoria's startup ecosystem development agency. Find more information about what's going on in Victoria's tech startup scene by going to launchvic.org. That's launchvic.org. I'm Courtney Carthy, and we're still getting stuck into what's going on at the spaceship in King Street that is in Varto. If you're enjoying the season, you might like either of the two previous seasons on Culture Amp and Redbubble. Please tell a friend about Scale Up or share the show where you're listening now and leave a review. We read them all and your feedback is important. Coming up next episode, a thread that's run through Culture Amp, Redbubble and of course Envato. That is community. We're a business with millions of customers all around the world. So uh, it's not that we have like five enterprise customers. If one of them calls, I have to pick up, um, which is good because like phones kind of scare me. I'm Courtney Carthy. Thanks for listening to Scale Up from LaunchVic.